Cybersecurity attacks waged against the financial infrastructure are getting increased attention from banking regulators. And now the Financial Stability Oversight Council says more onus will be placed on regulators to ensure banks and credit unions are adequately addressing cybersecurity concerns. Here, Paul Smoser, president of BITS, the Technology Policy Division of the Financial Services Roundtable, shares his thoughts about what recommendations included in the FSOC's just-released annual report will mean for cybersecurity this year and beyond, and how banking institutions should be preparing now for more stringent cybersecurity oversight. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Paul, in its 2014 annual report, the Financial Services Oversight Council specifically notes risks that third parties, such as service providers, oppose to the security of the financial services infrastructure. Based on previous reports dating back to 2011, how noteworthy would you say that the FSOC's findings about outside entities and the cybersecurity risks that they pose in this report are? Tracy, I would say it is relatively noteworthy in the sense that it has garnered as much attention in this year's report as it has. You know, cybersecurity for the regulatory community and for the financial services community has always been a key focus area, but I think we've collectively seen the nature of the threats growing, moving from the cyber criminal world into the hacktivism world and into arguably the nation-state world, as some of the latest news has, has suggested to us as well. And I think we've seen some changes in attacks, not on our industry particularly, but on other industries that would suggest that we need to continue to be vigilant and continue to be preparing for those types of attacks. So in, in this case, I'm talking about, for example, attacks that have come through third parties ostensibly against some of the merchants. I'm talking about attacks that have done data destruction and data manipulation a la malicious software like the Shamoon virus. So I think that the FSOC is recognizing that this area of risk continues to evolve, and I think consequently they're suggesting rightfully that we need to pay more attention to it as we move forward. So Paul, do you think that the FSOC's recommendations for more oversight of third parties could signal more regulatory scrutiny of retailers and service providers? I think that what we'll see is a couple of things. The, the regulatory authorities have, in the last few years, certainly been focused on the ability of financial institutions to manage their third-party relationships, their service-party relationships. And there is a body of best practice that the regulators have suggested needs to be in place. And I think virtually all banks have gone through the process of understanding the risks that uh, come with outsourcing and with service providers. So I think our industry is probably better prepared than many other industries. That doesn't mean, again, that we don't need to continue to be vigilant. What I do think may also start to happen is that some of the service providers that are very specific to our industry that provide services to many financial institutions, as an example, could possibly come under further regulatory scrutiny as we move forward. So there is a program that the regulators have today where certain large service providers actually go through examinations themselves, and it would be possible, I think, that that program could be expanded 
so that more service providers are included in that process and getting a third-party independent regulatory examination as well. Paul, what about other non-traditional financial players? Do you think the FSOC is suggesting that regulators and the government have a more inclusive view of the types of businesses that comprise financial services? I think the FSOC is beginning to evolve into that to recognize that uh, there are some non-traditional players in the financial services space that are growing. Uh, some payment uh, types of scenarios that, uh, for example, are beginning to grow that are not coming out of regulated financial institutions. And I think we will begin to see more focus from the FSOC on those players as the recognition occurs that they become part of the payment ecosystem. I think we need to recognize, you know, that we're all in this together. And part of the reason that I think FSOC's focus has increased is the recognition that there are new players in the space and those new players need to be as secure as traditional institutions are as they move forward with their products. Paul, from your perspective, what onus do you expect to see placed on banking institutions where the assurance of cybersecurity related to some of these third parties is concerned? Tracy, as I mentioned before, there has been a body of regulatory focus on third-party relationships for quite a period of time. I know 10 years ago in a previous job that I had, that was actually one of my areas of responsibility was service provider risk assessment. So the process of identifying who you're doing business with, what kind of business you're doing with them, what kind of risk does that present to your institution, and more importantly, to your customers, and what are the controls that those third parties have in place to deal with the kinds of risks that you see and have assessed have all been important parts of the regulatory schema for a period of time. I think what we'll begin to see more is that regulators kind of more consistently pay attention to how well financial institutions are doing in that space. I think you know, there will be more questions coming from the regulators probably on a more ongoing basis around what the effort is to risk assess third parties and probably more importantly what actions the institutions are taking with regard to third parties who may not be meeting the risk mitigation level that is consistent with the level of risk those third parties are presenting. So I think you'll see probably an uptick in the focus of attention, but that's not to suggest that this is the first time that institutions and regulators will have been focusing on this issue. We've been focusing on this issue for a decade or more. So I think that the latest kind of scenarios we've seen in some other sectors yet again suggest this is an area that is important and needs a lot of focus. Paul, as you've mentioned, third-party vulnerabilities, of course, have been a focus for a long time, and concerns about third-party cyber vulnerabilities also have been noted by the FFIEC, which recently said that banking institutions should be bracing for new cyber-related risk assessments that will take place later this year. How would you say the banking institutions should be preparing now for these new cyber assessments? I think there are a couple of things that uh, they should likely be doing. Number one, the Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council, which is made up of many of the regulatory authorities that also make up the FSOC, has had out for a long period of time a body of best practices and examination kind of efforts that are available. Their website has a series of handbooks that address a number of key areas. I think the organization should be reviewed 
reviewing those handbooks and making sure that their practices are consistent with those handbooks. I think a new tool that's out there is the new framework that has been developed by NIST. The framework actually maps pretty well to the existing regulatory body of expectations for financial services industry, but I think that would be another tool that I would look at just to make sure that I'm understanding what my organization looks like. I think one of the big things that we're seeing in terms of shift in the industry is that over the last few years in particular, and I think probably this reflects to some extent why FSOC has addressed this as well, is this area of cybersecurity risk and cybersecurity assessment in particular has also within the industry really elevated itself in terms of the C-level attention that it's getting. So I think for many years it was viewed as a technology kind of issue to deal with, but I think now folks recognize that it presents an operational risk. CEOs that I hear from and that I talk to on a regular basis suggest that it is a C-level level issue that they're focused on is one of the top risks for their organization and they want to make sure it's properly mitigated. You know, we had, you know, speaking of the FSOC very specifically, Kelly King, who is the CEO of BB&T, spoke to the FSOC about cybersecurity a few months ago as I think, I believe, still the only outside non-government invitee ever to speak to FSOC. And again, the topic was cybersecurity. So I think this is receiving a tremendous amount of attention. And I think all of us from within the industry and from a regulatory perspective, again, want to make sure that we are preparing and prepared as possible because we do know that the threat is growing. And the threat is growing, as I said earlier, you know, not just from a cyber criminal perspective, but now you know, I think that the bigger fear is the nation state question. Paul, information sharing, especially from a cross-sector and and international point of view was also noted in the FSOC's report. What expectations are being placed on regulators to ensure that there's more cyber intelligence sharing both domestically as well as internationally? I think the regulators probably are facing a little more challenge in that there's an expectation that they will work together and share information that then goes to institutions. I think we've also seen a number of the regulatory agencies begin to offer direct briefings to bank CEOs and bank CIOs, both in terms of the general threat and the general awareness, and at times if there are specific threats against an institution as well, they're often engaged with law enforcement to to provide information to that institution. I think in a broader sense beyond the regulators, recognizing that Treasury is involved here as well, Treasury is doing a lot of work with the other agencies, particularly the intelligence and law enforcement agencies, to make sure that there are no impediments in the flow of information between the public sector, the government sector, and the private sector. You know, in the private sector, in terms of the financial services industry, we already have arguably the best information sharing model in place for any critical infrastructure sector. I think we're continuing to try and improve that ourselves. The industry has funded efforts to try and speed up the timing of information sharing through automation. We are working with Treasury and other of the agencies to try and make sure that the public-private connections are as fluid as possible. So I think this will just help to add, this was actually one of the points that Kelly King made when he spoke to the FSOC in the public session a few months ago, of the need to 
to make sure we've got the right connections between the public and private sector. I'm very encouraged by the fact that the report reflects that. As the report suggests, there are some additional things that could be facilitated by cybersecurity legislation. We continue to work toward making sure that that effort continues to move forward from the private side. We think from the public side, they are continuing to work as well to make sure it tries to move forward. But I think also we're starting to see a lot of the agencies doing all they can, even short of any legislation, to try and make sure, as I said, that there is a very fluid, as fast and real-time as possible exchange of information. Paul, based on some of the findings in the FSOC report, how much more government involvement do you think we might expect from this perspective of information sharing and breach notification? And what would be the positives and the negatives if that were to happen for banking institutions? I think we will begin to see a more cohesive response from the public sector. So by that, what I mean is Oftentimes, when we see the financial regulators, law enforcement, national security agencies all kind of doing their own thing with regard to cybersecurity and not necessarily working as cohesively as they could, I think the FSOC report and other efforts that are underway will streamline that effort much more effectively so that information is flowing into kind of common conduits, is flowing in a much faster way to the institutions that need it, whether that be on an individual basis or whether that be on a broader basis. So individually, what I mean is, you know, there may be a source that suggests that an attack is about to occur on a particular institution or a particular organization. It's important that that institution and organization get that information as quickly as possible. But that attack might also suggest the possibility of future attacks on other organizations or institutions using the same techniques or the same malicious software or the same phishing campaign or whatever the case may be. And so it's also important, and we're seeing progress in terms of taking that information that was germane to that one institution and cleaning it up, anonymizing it a bit, and getting it out to the rest of the industry to make sure that everyone can be as prepared as possible. I think there are real positives in that. It's honestly very hard for me to think of much in the way of negatives when it comes to better information sharing. Uh, You know, I think Obviously, the attention that regulators are placing on cybersecurity will place demands on institutions to perhaps provide more information. Uh, You know, those regulatory demands often come at a cost. So some might argue that that might be a bit of a downside, but I think we're all really focused on this preparedness question and wanting to make sure that institutions of all size, institutions of various risks are all as prepared as possible to make sure that we are, you know, prepared to fight this fight. You know, honestly, we all recognize it's a fight that's not going to go away. The enemies in this case be they criminals, be they activists, in some cases perhaps be they, you know, arguably or allegedly nation states trying to get information. There's no indication that any of them are going to slow down in this process. Clearly, we need to be as vigilant and as prepared as possible, and I think that's what we're seeing most recently reflected through the FSOC report. And then, Paul, before we close, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience, either about the report or cybersecurity generally? I think the report reflects 
honestly a lot of what the industry feels to begin with. Much of what's in the report reflects what we were speaking of as an industry, what the needs are, what the risks are, what the recognitions need to be, and you know, to some extent where we need help from the public sector as well. But again, I, I do think this is an area, as much as we talk about the need to be prepared, I think it's also an area to recognize that it is an area where we are generally fairly well prepared to begin with. Our sector spends a lot of attention on this. I think the reflection of the fact that our regulators also spend a lot of attention on this should be heartening to those who read the report because I think whether it's from the private industry perspective, whether it's from the regulatory perspective, the important, I think, takeaway message is this is something that, that has our attention. This is something that we know we need to keep focused on and keep moving forward on. Paul, I'd like to thank you again for your time this afternoon. Tracy, it's been my pleasure as always. Again, we've just heard from Paul Smoser of BITS. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.